I'm Siri Lindley, two-time world champion, author, speaker, animal activist, survivor, and thriver. I have found a way to overcome every challenge and to take the impossible and make it possible. On my podcast, we're going to talk real life. We're going to get vulnerable. We're going to go first. You're not alone in your fears, your doubts, or your worries. The most successful people in the world have them. Stick with me on this journey. I will help you harness your power, claim your magic, and create the life that you dream of. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bedhead Chronicles. I have looked forward to this day, probably for a lifetime without even knowing about it. We have, together with us today, Miranda Carfrey. Yes, four-time world champion triathlete, but more than that, champion human being, champion mom, champion wife, and one of my dearest friends. I had the privilege of coaching Vincent um, for many, many years, Mm -hmm. and we've experienced some amazing things. So Vincent, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) I had the privilege of being coached by this legend. Like half of my life, <laughs> almost no, 15 years. How did you come to me anyway? How did, did I come chasing after you? I did, didn't I? Well, I think I had left my last coach and Loretta Harrop, yeah. who I, I think I reached out to her and was sort of like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And she told you about me and I actually raced you. You wouldn't have noticed me well back in the field um, in like maybe 2002 at some ITU World Cups yes. and you were winning everything and I was just starting out. Um, so I knew who you were, but I didn't, you, you just started your coaching career. This was in 2000, end of 2005. Yeah. And so you weren't on my radar as a coach uh, and I was talking to a few other coaches and I get an email from Siri Lindy <laughs> and the email was honestly just, I still have it. Um, I should share it with you. Um, But it just had like so much like passion and excitement. And, and I didn't experience that in any other triathlon coach, like excitement for, to coach me. I'm like little old me, like, why are you so excited? I haven't done anything. I know, but you could feel the energy. And I think Loretta also, you know, yes. Raved about it. Well, whatever she said, I don't know what she said, but um, I'm like, Oh, at the very least, like I read the email and I was, I had butterflies in my stomach and I'm like, my goodness, like this feels like, wow. Like I couldn't believe how excited someone else could be for my career and someone who didn't really had, well, hadn't done anything, first of all, and you didn't really know me only through Loretta. And so I'm like, at the very least, I'd love to meet and you at that time in, at the Gold Coast, yeah. staying with Loretta, uh, visiting for a few weeks. And so I drove down to the Gold Coast and we sat out on Loretta's deck and yeah. had a meeting and I'm like, yeah, sold. Let's do it. I'm getting so nervous because I remember how nervous I was <laughs> on that day. Oh, I was So this goes to show everybody that I really didn't know much about Rennie other than what my best friend was telling me. But it's one of those times when I... I just had a feeling mm-hmm. and I felt like if this happened, that something amazing was going to come out of it. Mm-hmm. 
And I was so nervous. And I remember going to Loretta's gate and there you were in your little mini skirt. Yeah, you, <laughs> you had my little jean mini skirt on. And my heart was like pounding because I really wanted her to say yes. And you came in. I felt safe because I was in my best friend's house. We had this amazing conversation. And then we did. We decided yeah. on that day, didn't we? Yeah. You you like you basically laid all out that this is what I believe we can do. This, you know, I will put, you know, your dreams become my dreams. We'll do this together. It just felt like you know, such a team thing. Like it wasn't like you're coaching me. It was like we're gonna do this together. And the excitement that you had, I could feel. And just to have somebody else be that invested um speaks volumes i mean if nothing else if you didn't if you didn't know how to coach i think we still would have had great success (laughs) just because we both were so excited and and believed and were willing to do whatever it took to 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 reach the highest level so i'm like well i don't know if she can coach but (laughs) but it feels right so let's do this no and you know i've always wanted to thank you and i hope i have more than 100 times for always believing in me because you then not long after threw another spanner in the works by saying, I want to be an Ironman world champion. I want to do Ironman. Well, I think you knew I wanted long course, but I didn't really express that Ironman was in my mind (laughs) right away. And you were like, we could, we can do short course. Mm -hmm. We can do long course, but you were really focused on ITU and you had helped guide Loretta to a silver medal in Athens the year before and obviously coach Susan Williams. Yeah. So obviously I knew you could coach, but whether you could coach me who wanted to do kind of everything at that point, I wasn't yeah. really sure what I wanted. And you knew, so I had never raced over an Olympic distance triathlon. And here's this athlete that I want the world for. Cause when I take on an athlete, <laughs> your dream became my dream. Like it just like, I was as excited, I think, about your dream as you were. But in that, like, I wanted to be able to do what you wanted to do, which was to do long course. But it's like, I've never run over a 10K. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that blind faith, which I want to thank you for, because I hadn't proved anything to you as far as what I could do if I could even coach you for half Ironman, much less an mm-hmm. Ironman. Like, where did... Where did that ability to trust me without having any of those things, how, like, how did you do that? Guys, how, how could you not trust this, like, open heart, you know? Like, some somebody who has that, like, willingness to learn, willingness to do whatever it takes, that's bottom line. You leave no, no stone unturned. Like, you were willing to figure it out. I knew that, like. But that's so courageous of you. I'm really brave. I don't know. I don't know if it's courageous of me. I mean, you were believing in me too. Like, who was I? I hadn't done anything. I wasn't anyone special. I was a, you know, a young potential upcoming, but who knows? Like, I could have, you know, rested two years and retired. Um, So it goes both ways. Well, thank you for that. And and why I want to share that story kind of is (laughs) that so often – we tell ourselves stories like, well, I can't do that because I have no experience. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I don't know how to swim, so I can't do a triathlon. But those stories are just 
bullshit. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to do something amazing because you haven't done it before, but isn't that what it's all about? Doing things you haven't done before. Well, I think more than that, if in your gut and in your soul, you want something, then, you know, don't let anything hold you back. Like find a way and you can find a way. I learned find a way. All of this. This This is just 15 years of us working together. It's rubbed off. But here's the most beautiful thing about this relationship. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was coach athlete, but I learned so much from you. Mm so much for me. It gives me goosebumps because we did. We learned so much from each other. And for coaches out there, I know a lot of, like I hear, I have conversations with coaches. Ah, you know, I'm just working for them and I'm doing this. And it can sometimes feel that way. But let me tell you, this girl, in moments where I needed a friend the most, or I needed someone to shake me up and say, wake up, Siri, you got to change something. She was there. Now, was it this friend thing all the time? No, we definitely, we were in work mode. Yeah. But when it came to it, when she saw that I needed help with something, she showed up and again, brave enough, bold enough to say, coach, you need to stop. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so just as if, if you're out there saying, oh, my coaches just, or my athletes just look at me like somebody works for them, I challenge you to question that because your athletes, the people that you're working with, they care just as much about you as you care about them. And so don't miss out on that sort of thing. Tell me about how you started. Like how in the world did Vincent, and again, this is her nickname and I chose it and- <laughs> Um, she's okay with it. She named my cat after, oh my God, by the way. So I named my cat Vincent after Vincent and we were told it was a little boy. And we just found out after 10 years that Vincent (laughs) indeed has a vulva (laughs) and is female. So it's like, anyways, but Vincent, little V, little V, like, tell me about your childhood. Yeah, so I grew up, I'm one of six kids, um, grew up on a farm, small crop farm in Brisbane, Australia. And actually, weirdly, two doors down from where I lived was Laurie Lawrence's Swim School, which is actually where Loretta coached swimming, like, who knows how long, I think, before she was, well, clearly before she was a big-time triathlete. So that was kind of random, like, side connection. Um, and then I played basketball. I love mm-hmm. basketball, played basketball, but didn't grow. And <laughs> I'm five, three and got literally overlooked for so many teams, even though I like trained harder and did all the extra training and skill sessions and individual sessions. I, I don't think I was confident enough. So I never, I always was looking out for other people's opportunities and not like taking the ball myself. Mm-hmm. And so confidence was an issue. Um, but also, yeah, I was overlooked because of my height, like big, you know, tall girls would get on the team, even though they were maybe not super fit or didn't really care or whatever, before I would be picked many times. And finally in 2018, 19, um, I started training out of, um, the gym, getting ready for the upcoming basketball season and met a couple of triathletes and, um, through that sort of started my triathlon journey and, yeah 
like over 20 years later, I live in the US, I have two beautiful kids, an American a triathlete husband, <laughs> um, and my life could not be more wonderful. And um, I think a lot of it came from, you know, taking those first steps. And yeah. you talked about like following your instinct and your gut. And I still remember to this day when their coach uh, said to me, uh, you should, have you ever thought about doing a triathlon? I think you'd be a good triathlete. I was 19 years old. I couldn't swim. I never had swum laps with a cap goggles. You know, I could swim in the pool. <laughs> but, um, and didn't own a bike. Yeah. But uh, for some reason, he saw something. And yeah. I was, I remember going to work at Bunnings Warehouse, which is like a Home Depot that day. And I was over the moon excited all day. I had butterflies in my stomach. I like couldn't. <sighs> couldn't shake this like feeling of like nervous excitement. Yeah. Like, and it was like, you know how you get it in moments. Yeah. Generally you think about something you have like a nervous feeling. I had it like that intense the whole day. And I'm like, that gives me goosebumps. I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm getting goosebumps myself. It just felt, I don't know. I just had that gut. And so sure, you know, I went along the, this journey and um, it's been exactly what I've was supposed to do. It felt feels Absolutely. like I was on the right path. I think things work out and doors open um, when you're on the right path. And that's certainly been my experience with the sport. Amazing. Everybody, when you get that feeling, mm -hmm. like regardless of how impossible or like, well, that doesn't make any sense because I know nothing about triathlon. I've never done that before. Please listen to that feeling. Because yeah. in her listening to that feeling, look, just like what she said. Yeah. She's one of the greatest triathletes in the history of our sport. Truly the, the best runner in the sport. Sorry. I just, I feel that. I know that. Um, best runner in the sport. One of the greatest ever athletes at every single distance. She found the love of her life through this sport. She had two, has two amazing children because of that amazing man and this amazing body of yours <laughs> like that moment where she listened to that gut feeling has led to this don't ever ignore that feeling because that is your soul whispering to you saying this is it yeah so okay learning to swim because <laughs> we share that yes kind of background how was that for you still is <laughs> um, yeah it it's just so different from anything else like I feel like on the bike you can just work harder and get better like put in more hours get better swimming it's not like that at all like it's about finding a rhythm and and for me like I've had glimpses of being able to swim yeah. well and I and it's like I can't like hold on to it or I haven't been able to figure it out and it's so frustrating because you know I'm a you know I would say coordinated person. Like I play basketball, I pick up sports easily, but swimming is just a whole nother ball game. And um, yeah, if you didn't do it from when you were, you know, five, six years old, then you just, it's really, really hard. I, soon, I won't say it's impossible, uh, but it's really, really hard to swim at the highest level if you haven't developed those skills as a young person. So what's the key? Because you obviously got yourself from not being able to swim mm -hmm. to being a pretty fantastic swimmer. If you look at the general, the, yes. the general public, I mean, you're an amazing swimmer. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So I think it's how? just um, like consistency, um, like having a program you believe in. And that's for a swim, bike and run. But in the swim, I think it's just consistency. And as a non-swimmer, we were swimming, you know, six days a week, pretty much every week, yeah. you know, unless we're on a week off. So, uh, yeah, 20 years of, or 10, probably, probably more like 10 years of doing that before I got to, is it, you know, that first, oh, probably less, little, mm. less than that for I won that first world title in 07. But by the time I got to Kona in 09, it's 10 years of doing triathlon. Yeah. And um, being able to hang with some good swimmers, mm -hmm. not the best swimmers, but like sort of that second, third pack. Um, yeah, it's it's just belief and consistency. Yeah. Hear that. Belief and consistency. You're going to have to do the hard stuff. Oh, yeah. Every single day you want to get somewhere. And that's that's resilience. Mm -hmm. That's like just coming back, getting it done every single day. And I really, I mean, like you said, going, getting to the point where you were swimming with like that main pack of swimmers mm -hmm. that put you in the race. Yeah. I mean, that was huge. And I remember my joy. I forget which race it was. 2010. 2010. 2010. Yeah, I remember. Oh my God. I've never been so happy in my life. Me either. <laughs> she was with that the main pack. Yeah. And it was truly like you could have ended the race. Yeah after that swim and I would have felt like that was our greatest victory. Yeah. But you didn't end the race after the swim, thank goodness. But before we go to 2010, I want to talk about 2009. Mm -hmm. You and I mm -hmm. rocking up to the <laughs> Ironman World Championships in Kona, Hawaii. Um, we have some pictures and I should have brought them today. Yeah. We look ridiculous. <laughs> we look so young and we just, like it's our first time that we actually, what we did do, which was great in 2007, we went to Kona and yes. did a training camp and we were still three, two years, I guess, off of going to Kona to race. Um, but we went there and we, we trained on the course and we're actually getting ready for the 2007 world championships. Yeah. Um, it was a, like a magical training camp, you, you know, like some of those magical. camps where everything goes, we had great. Mary Beth Ellis was there. Yes. Abigail Bailey. I think there might've only been three of us. There was just three. Um, yeah. And then a couple of A troopers, Keith Mawson was there as well. Yeah. And we like did a really hard training camp and that like led into obviously 07's world title. 70.3 world championship winner mm -hmm. in Clearwater, Florida. Mm -hmm came off of that camp. Yes. And then Another that got me my Kona slot for 09 yes. because they were, were figuring out how to give out slots. Anyway, they postponed mine till 09 because they didn't they let me know until like a month before the yeah. world champs in 08. And I'm like, um, well, can we do it next year? Because I'd like to properly prepare. Yeah. And so, you know, lucky for us, again, doors open, things work yeah. out well when you're on the right track. And they said that we could do a night. We... You know, I think people were looking at us like, okay, this is Iron Man. But you're good at the 70.3, but this is Iron Man. And this is not just any Iron Man. This is Kona. It's the hardest Iron Man mm -hmm. with the best competition. And but we I thought we we thought we were gonna do well. We thought we were gonna We be believed in ourselves. Yeah. And I have to I didn't tell you this, but I remember I was at because I thought I should meet some of these people and kind of get into this. And so a few nights before the race, I went and people were like, oh my God, Siri, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you've never, 
you've never gone over an Olympic distance. Like, how are you training Rennie? And I remember <laughs> just kind of being like, don't get in my head. Don't get in my head. Don't get in my head. <laughs> yeah. Because I did. Like, I thought, yeah, we're going to do, we're going to do really great. Yes. Well, we didn't, it wasn't like we were turning up half fast. We had, oh yeah, we had, oh, this was in our, the back of our minds from kind of like, oh six. Yeah. We're like, that's what we want to do. We want to do it properly. We yeah. don't want to do it too young. We want to make sure I'm physically strong enough to yes. race the whole race. Yes. That being said though, I did not race to my potential. I don't think in that race because I'm like this, I've got to run my first ever marathon <laughs> <laughs> off the bike. And, but I, I knew I was going to be able to make it. It was more, how do I pace the bike to still be able to run? And yes. it worked out great. Don't, don't tell the, don't tell the finish yet. Cause we're not, but I want to say, now I remember go back in time and we realize, okay, you have a slot. We're going to Kona 2009. And I don't know if you remember this, but I remember sitting down, you know, with my notebook and you had your notebook and I was kind of like, this is what I think we should do. And you're like, yeah, I love that. Let's add this. Let's do something like this too. And we together collaborated mm -hmm. on this plan. Yes. But the in my thinking, of course, coming from the Olympic distance background, I had this different kind of vision of how to train for an Ironman. Because I think at the time, people were just doing a lot of long, long mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And we were doing intervals i mean now everybody trains this way but we were doing intervals and speed work and mm -hmm. stuff like that but i i'll never we spent hours and hours yeah creating this and yeah. that's what felt so amazing about it because we were doing it differently but we both kind of were in on the fact that this is what's needed yes so Rini gets out there now remember she has never run a marathon in her life so, and in training, no, we, the longest we ran would probably have been 30 K mm -hmm. um, in training. So like two and a half hours, maybe 32 K would have been our longest with like some efforts. 20 miles. Yeah. Longest. And maybe once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. Not many times. Not many times. <laughs> no. So can you take us through the race? Like, can, do you remember the race from the start to the finish? Um, I don't remember so much of the swim. I mean, I was kind of like a little ways down yeah. like normal. Uh, I remember on the bike just n not knowing how to pace it, but I felt like, you know, I probably like just was a little conservative. Yeah. But I think I did a decent job. I remember, I just remember after the race, Dave saying, it's not a tour of the island. What were you doing on the bike? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay. Cause you know, but then yeah. I got off the bike and like ran, I ran the whole marathon and tell them what happened <laughs> well oh my god i have never peed my pants so many times in one day not literally but i like... actually don't even remember what time what place i got off the bike in um but obviously you know the champion from the year before chrissy wellington she was leading the race i think off the bike and um but i ran a 256 marathon which was a course record uh, for the run course record Course record in all the years of the Ironman World Championships in Kona, Hawaii. Course record. First marathon she has ever run in her life. I just want you to hear that. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I I mean, but but in our minds, and I think I don't think look at it as amazing because I always, we always were like three hours. We're going to, we're not <laughs> running over three hours. Like three hours yeah. is a joke almost. Like that's, we're like. We had very high standards. We were shooting for like sub 250 and we didn't ever quite get there, but like 
250 in 20 seconds, I think it was the fastest yeah. we got to. Um, and that's now the course record still. Yes, yes, still, still the run course record. Dropped six minutes in how many years? In I guess four 14, years? so five years. Five years, yeah. Unbelievable. So on that day, the reason why, you know, for me, like throughout the whole race, you know, people are saying, oh, but she's never run a marathon. Like, what do you think is going to happen to her on the run? And I'm, and I just didn't want to talk to anyone. I just stayed by myself and did my own thing. But as I'm standing there through the day, exhausted, so fired up, but at, like the it's heat so and the hot. pavement's like 117 de degrees, you know, then I started thinking, oh my God, three hours would be amazing because <laughs> I'm like dying just watching you. And it so, was really hot that year. Actually, the hottest year just, I ever raced. Yes. Like, it, I raced it 10 times. Hottest year. was the hottest year. So that was absolutely amazing. And we were so fired up. Oh, yeah. And I'll never forget because it was the next day that we're like, okay, let's plan next year. Yes. <laughs> and let's talk about that. What, what then happened? So how did you, first of all, because it's a big deal, you win the world championships. Well, second that year. I mean, sorry, second, yeah, but still, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you get on the podium. It's huge. Huge, yes. And you it's were- a get complete game changer. Okay, share that. In my life. Winning the 70.3 World Championships was kind of a step in the right direction. Yeah. But then getting second in Kona, all of a sudden I'm getting like inundated with, we want to sponsor you, we want to pay you all this money. And like trying to figure out how to do that, like how to be an ambassador, how to represent companies, how to- fit in photo shoots all of a sudden like before you it's kind of easier going under the radar not yes. having any sponsors just being able to focus on your training and racing way easier than what then you're faced with yeah. not to mention all of a sudden now everyone's looking at you to be the next mm -hmm. you know great Ironman athlete so there's it was a lot but I think we were so confident in what we do it we were doing and this was the plan yeah, it was the plan to be the best yeah. in the world. So yeah. it was kind of like, I don't know. I mean, as much as it was a lot, it was also not because in our minds and in our dreams, this is what we prepared, prepared for. So, yeah. And you handled it <clears throat> so beautifully. I think because you're someone you love to give, you love to give to your sponsors. You love to, you know, answer questions. You love to reply to messages that people are sending you so I think one of the hardest what was harder learning how to manage your time with all that stuff and not let it get in the way of the work that needed to be done mm -hmm. or was the kind of being gunned down now which which was harder for you to adjust to you know I think even in 2009 because I'd won the 07 people knew I was coming to Ironman. Yeah. So I felt pressure. I felt a lot of pressure in 09 for that reason. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm like, I've never even done a marathon. Like yeah. I, we kind of believe we could do this, but all, like the first year I had obligations. Like I had to go to the press conference. Like that's a real honor to be asked yes. to go to the press conference. Yeah. And in my first year, I'd never have ever done an Ironman before. Yeah. Um, people were looking to me to, you know, be the one to challenge Chrissy, who at that point was to said, to be un unbeatable um, on the big island and in Ironman distance. And yeah. so I think that was really good for me to go through the first year because by 2010, I actually knew what I was in for. I knew yeah. the, like the week, how it felt coming into the race, like the buildup, the excitement around the event and what was expected race week. And so yeah. I think all of that 
was just we were, we were better prepared mentally to deal with race week yeah. craziness um, and knew what that would look like. Um, but again, we we had planned for this and had dreamt of this, and so that's that's huge know. how you say that because that's like I I haven't thought about it in that mm-hmm. way that like we had prepared for this, so you knew that that was coming. Mm-hmm. And I've often said to you dream that that would come like it. Yeah. Like you knew, but you also, when you were like dreaming, like you, yeah. You know, when you dream something and you know something, but it's not a reality until it's a reality. And right. so when it was a reality, I'm like, okay, okay, I can do this. Cause yeah. it, this is what I've been dreaming about. It's what I've been asking for. Yeah. So I've always said that I felt like that pressure was really good for you. Yes. Talk about that because some people just shrink under the pressure. I don't know what it is, um, but the occasion of that event and wanting to be the best that I could be enabled me to rise to the occasion. I don't know, and I'm so – I don't know how or why, but – there's no other race I, you know, there's other races on the calendar, but nothing, I I never race as well anywhere else other than Kona. Like I really, I think the pain or the work or how much you've got to dig yeah. um, is worth it. Cause I like, because you know, this is your dream. This is what you've been training for. This yeah. is what you've been believing in. And so any like hell you have to go through in the race, you, um, know it's so worth it and so I, I don't know I think maybe some people you know when the question is asked in the race like can you push harder or are you gonna back down it's really hard it's gonna be harder um for me I was like yes every time I would be like yes I will I will burst through this this um this wall and the next one and the next one I don't care how many things you throw at me I'm I'm going to get to that finish line as quickly as I possibly can. And, um, and it was worth it because it was my, it was just my, my whole world. And that's yeah. time. Okay. I'm sure every one of you is in total goosebumps right now. So in those moments where it's so easy for you to say, this is so painful. Like I just, I don't have anything more. The temporary pain. Oh yeah. That you experience temporary is so much less than the pain you feel if you back off and you give up mm-hmm. yeah that pain lasts for months that lasts for months yeah and that can really be debilitating too causes yeah. self-doubt causes you to question whether you have it or not mm-hmm. so i love how you fought for you in those moments it wasn't just for your dream but you were fighting for you because you knew that you had to say yes to the challenge mm-hmm. because if you didn't that was just going to hurt so much more. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. There's so much here. So, (laughs) and Ironman world championships. I mean, you, I think you have one of the most successful careers as far as podium, like on the podium every year, three wins, one, two seconds, three, three seconds, one third. Okay. So three wins, three seconds and one third place. And the other two would DNS, unfortunately. That is extraordinary. That is extraordinary. You don't see this very often. 
like a rare, very rare. So if you could put this in a little envelope to send off to everyone listening, mm -hmm. what do you think were the three uh, reasons that you have been able to be that successful there? Three things. I'm going to make it hard. I, I always three. find it hard putting mm -hmm. it into three things, but three things I can walk away with. Uh, I think number one is my why was so strong. Like mm -hmm. that was the core of everything. Yeah. Like just, I wanted to win in Kona. Not only that, I wanted to, more than that, I wanted to see how, how good I could be. And that was more just to show myself, like, yeah. what can I do? Can I do something great? And so my why was very strong. Um, belief in yeah. the program, in my coach, in my team. Mm -hmm. And again, sort of extra to that, having a great team around you. I think it's yeah. so important to have, I mean, the team that, you know, we built, I had yeah. you, I had my co my uh, manager, Shannon. I had my other manager, mm -hmm. Wendy. Um, obviously, my husband, Tim, who ended up racing as well. Um, but I just felt like we had such a great positive team. Like there was no one, you know, no one really in my life that would be a negative impact. Like they were gone real quick. Um, if anyone came into my life that didn't believe in the dream, the journey, and weren't on board. Um, so I, I'm so grateful for the people that came into my life and helped me help lift me up to be able to do what I was able to do. And everyone, this is so important because I have to tell you, like when, when I got sick and when I declared like, this is not my time to go, mm -hmm. like I'm surviving this and I'm going to thrive on the other side. It was so important that everyone on my team, my mom, my wife, the doctors, the nurses, no matter the statistics, that they got on board mm -hmm. and they believed just as much as I did that that was going to be mm -hmm. the result of all of this. Yeah. So it's not only in sport, and this is an individual sport, but it's really not. Like the mm -hmm. team is so important. So I want you to value your team and whatever it is you're doing in your life you know, show your teammates how much you appreciate their belief in you, them, you know, doing everything they can to help push you to that level that you dream of coming to. So that's beautiful. So one deep emotional reason why you must. Two. What was two? Just a belief. Oh yeah. Belief. Huge. Yeah. Belief. Yeah. <laughs> Three. Having Great. the right team yeah, around yeah. you. Proximity is power. You become the five people that you spend the most time with in your life. Make sure those people are lifting you higher and not pulling you down. Mm -hmm. Amazing, Vincent. Okay, so 2011. <laughs> 2011 um, was actually, actually 2012, 11 and 12 were two years. I kind of look back on and be like, learning years. Yeah. Um, but I feel like almost missed opportunities because 2010, I won. Oh, that. wait, wait, wait. 2010, I meant. I want to go to oh. 2010 first. Oh, sorry. I thought you were Yeah, no, that was my mistake. And <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> so 20, 2010, we, yeah, swim of my life. Um, oh, yeah. Her life. But we also, like, as you said, we got second in 09. And again, we're like, okay, well, we can we can do so much better. Yeah. And we sat down and mapped out the year. And 
2010, I think, was probably one of my best years. I won a so, bunch of races. Unreal. Won so many races leading in. Couldn't have been more perfect. Every Like, you know, everything went so smooth through that world championship. The morning of the race, um, you know, I'm getting ready to, and all year I've been preparing to race this year. Chrissy Wellington, who won the year before and who won, I think, 17-18. No, sorry, 7-8-9. She won, won three years in a row. Best in history. Everybody was saying that she was just the best athlete Ironman had ever seen. seen yes. Uh, and which infuriated me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because for like much respect to Chrissy. Um, and she actually got a lot out of me because she'd set the bar so much higher. Um, but she kind of walks in, waltz into the sport. Didn't mm. even want to do Ironman, but she ended up doing Ironman, I guess. And 07 won. And then 08 came back and won. And then 09 came back and won. And I'm like, I've been training for Ironman for like <laughs> 10 years, like in the back of my no. mind. And I'm like, I prepared properly, you know, like, yeah. I, you know, and she just kind of waltz in. So it infuriated me that she um, did that and was able, yeah. you know, she was just physically a freak of nature, like in the best possible way. But man, that, that motivated you. Oh, it motivated me so much. And so 2010, we, did everything perfect. Like no stone was left unturned. Mm -hmm. And we got to the start line and Chrissy's bike was next to mine because she was ranked number one. I was ranked number two and she wasn't there. And I'm like, that's weird. So I go, keep getting my bike ready and then sort of go off to the pool area by the swim start, which is where we would meet before the race and have our final words. <laughs> and then um, we hear on the loudspeaker that Chrissy Wellington has withdrawn from the race. And honestly, that just completely pulled the rug out from underneath me because I like visualized every possible scenario with her in it. Yeah. Like I did not have a scenario with her not in it yeah. in my mind. And the mental preparation for a race like that is, you know, equally as important um, yeah, as the physical. And so I think I was sitting with my managers Wendy and Shannon um, by the pool and Siri had gone off to go to the toilet. <laughs> she wasn't there. And I don't know, it must have been like, I think Tim's, Tim was there too and he wasn't racing Kona yet so he was just there supporting. He said, I, my face was white. He said, it was like I'd seen a ghost. I was just like, what? And then <laughs> Wendy, you can tell the story but from, from there, Wendy got you on the phone like, Siri, you need to get back here immediately. Oh my God. I was um, running back down there, zipping up my pants, <laughs> like just... And then I had to take a deep breath and sit down with you. And you, you were, you were just white. Yeah. What did I say? You just said nothing changes. Race your race. Mm -hmm. And it's a hundred percent what I needed to hear in that moment, because obviously I was going to, that was all I was going to do anyway. You know, in yeah. my mind, I had scenarios with, you mm -hmm. know, her being in front of me, behind me, wherever. Um, but in reality, it's an individual pursuit. Mm -hmm. And so nothing changed. I think the one thing that did change was all of a sudden all the pressure was on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And now without Chrissy there, I'm all of a sudden, without having any preparation, ranked number one. Mm -hmm. And so that was like kind of the big difference. But I had to forget about that and focus on those words. But again, I believe that pressure always 
may not have felt great. Oh yeah, but but it brought out the life. best and you had the swim of your life. Yeah, and I've never swum that well since. <laughs> um, so somehow I need that sort of yeah. um, input right before race because I literally swam with the best swimmers in the sport, like front pack swimmers. And then I was like, the rest of the day was not obviously easy, but I didn't have to catch anyone. I was already in yeah. the front group. And then you knew what we were going to run well, and we did. Um, and I think, I don't know if that year was a whole course record. No, maybe not that year. I don't know. But there she is. <laughs> there she is on that day. On that's that day. 10. Yeah, right, that's 10. 10. Um, it was absolutely beyond anything <clears throat> I've ever experienced. And I always say, like, my own world championship, although it served me well as far as knowing who I am and that I can overcome any challenge, the ones we won were even more, I mean, just mm -hmm. fulfilling and just extraordinary. And I think something beautiful that I'm just recognizing now is that realization that just race your race. I believe as, as a coach that that is what has seen you every single year in Kona just race extraordinarily well. Mm -hmm. Because I think the biggest mistake that people make is that they are trying to stay with certain people, mm -hmm. you know, maybe going a little too hard or a little too slow because they think they're with the right person that's going to lead. Like it's all you. But doing that, racing that way too is emotionally draining yes. because you're keying off everyone else instead of just having a belief in you and what you can yeah. do and focusing on you. So anytime I learned this from you, you're thinking about someone else, you're giving them energy. Yeah. And so having that race your race stops you from looking at where everyone else is and just keeping that energy for yourself and focusing on doing the best you can. And that obviously yeah. is always going to serve you better than any other way. I don't know if you know this, because that's you write this down, everybody. Like this is just on this is gold. Before that race, in the days leading up, you know, I always get got nervous for our little talk the day before mm -hmm. and the talk the morning of. And I was walking by this yoga, this hot yoga studio because I was really stressed. I'm like, I've heard like yoga is good at like calming you down. So I went into the yoga place <laughs> and I'm doing this. Everyone is like statuesque, you know, and I'm like wobbling all over the place. And then I was like, come on, Siri, like just try and hold this pose. And I, and I just thought, just be in this moment. Just think about what you're doing in this moment right now. Suddenly I'm standing there like a yogi. <laughs> And then I thought to myself, that's what I need to tell her is just focus on you and only you and doing the best you can in any single moment. Don't think about anyone else. I keep all your power within and it will lead to this kind of a result. Mm -hmm. So that had happened like the day before. And then <laughs> when Chrissy know. pulled it, I, I didn't know. Did they ever tell you that? It was horrible. Going to pop and, yoga the day before. <laughs> Oh no, why? <laughs> but it just, it's so incredible how that came to serve me because then I hear the news and I'm like, oh my God. And then it all just kind of made sense. Like, yeah, just race your race. Mm -hmm. um, so, anyways, that was extraordinary. One of the greatest moments that we've shared together. And I know I've told you we have an hour here. So I'm going to kind of jump ahead to you because. The, 
would you all like Miranda back, Vincent back? One day we can talk about all the other because mm -hmm. so many incredible, beautiful victories. Yeah. What were, like, I know you, you mentioned earlier how, like, when things are meant to be, they flow. Mm -hmm. And we had a time, I don't know if you even remember this, mm -hmm. where you wanted to go to Spain or something. And I said, look, if it all just happens easily like mm -hmm. we'll know that it's meant to be but there were these little things that kept getting in the way of making this an easy trip mm -hmm. that solidified in my mind that like we need to pay attention to the things that are happening around a certain decision and mm -hmm. whether it's flowing or it seems like it's being forced did that do the same for you do, do you remember this story i don't remember that particular one but i certainly to this day like when i'm making decisions I never rush into them. I like yeah. kind of wait and see what feels right or what like comes together. Yeah. And I, you know, the knee jerk reaction is always so like, okay, I think I want to do this. I'm going to go and do it. And that works sometimes. But for me, I've always found that I tend to sit back and wait and kind of see what feels better. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, okay, this is what I want to do. And I'll be ready to do it. And that's that. Uh, yeah. I think, that's just from, you know, going through or well, what's worked so well throughout my triathlon yeah. career and just taking that and putting it into just real life world stuff. Like even choosing your husband, saying yes. Choosing my husband, when to have children, you know, mm -hmm. like having the kids. Um, yeah. So Miranda is married to one of my favorite men on the planet, mm -hmm. Timothy O'Donnell. He's just a dream. Mm -hmm. And you're a dream as well. So Toto. two dreams come together. Toto. Um, now, some people do make knee-jerk reactions when they're yeah. asked to marry them. Mm -hmm. I, I can attest to that. Um, when did you know that Tim was the one for you? Pretty early, actually. Really? <laughs> with Tim. Yeah. Well, me, he, I basically moved in with him and we'd really only spent like days together, you know, like. We'd had our first date in 09 mm -hmm. um, in like July. And then I left and went to California to train with you yeah. leading into Kona. He came to Kona for a week um, to support. And, you know, we didn't stay together. He stayed where he is. And then we moved in and stayed a couple of nights. And then he went off to Perth to race. And then I came back to Boulder and I went to Australia. And he came to the U.S. So we like missed each other. Yeah. Um, we just weren't in the same place initially. But it was kind of like oh, maybe he'll come to Australia. And then he didn't end up coming to Australia because he was working on buying a townhouse. Mm -hmm. I came back to the U.S. and then we spent a week together, I think, leading up to Oceanside in 2010. And then he came back to Boulder and I was in Borrego with you. Yeah. And, like, literally the most miserable three weeks of my life in Borrego. <laughs> you know I want to talk about <laughs> Borrego. But <laughs> because it was, like, like met somebody who I wanted to be with, but I knew that for my, you know, I needed to be in training yeah. camp and there's zero to do in Borrego Springs. A beautiful <laughs> desert, but I was living by myself in the desert and just training, basically training in 110 degrees. <laughs> and uh, I was just so lonely. And then from there, I, you know, I think I did a race and then flew back to San Diego, drove my car and moved in with him. It was like... <sighs> 2010. And so, I mean, 
you know, you don't really know, but it felt yeah, like it felt like it was, yeah. And when you want to be with them, you miss them. Oh, yeah. Like, like when Beck and I got together, like when we weren't together, I just missed her. Like, I just wanted to be with her. I wanted to share life with her. Yeah. Like, I'm wasting time, like, not spending it with this person. And why didn't he come to Borrega? <laughs> I don't know if I did, didn't invite him or, he, I mean, he was on his own path of triathlon as well. So he probably, uh, I don't know. Why didn't he come to Australia too? Mm. In the moment, I was like, why aren't you coming to Australia to train? Like, it's amazing down here. Yeah. Summertime, he was here yeah. in Boulder. But in hindsight, he, like, he needed to stay here and he, you know, bought a townhouse, which we ended up living in together for six years. Um, so he was sort of setting up our our home base, our future home. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you, in the moment, I'm like. And advice for couples that not necessarily in triathlon or even in sport, but when you have two people that have big dreams, two people that are doing something that really matters to them, yet you two have just done this so beautifully together. What's the secret there? I I just think we both like, you know, we, we love each other enough, which obviously you should, to care about the other person's mm -hmm. and, and in some instances I wanted him I cared more about his race than my own race yeah. and I think when you both feel that way about each other yeah. then you'll lift each other up um yeah. throughout I mean and we're both in triathlon and so for us we just you know know exactly you know all the emotions mm -hmm. leading to big races like what you need what you don't need how to act how to support um mm -hmm. you know how to just be there in silence um, for one another. And I think, yeah, but more than that, just, you know, wanting their dreams as much as they want their dreams yeah. and being on, on the same team, not competing with one another. I mean, we get a lot of questions here. Are you competitive? And I, when we're early in your relationship, you're playfully competitive. Yeah. But right. it's not like, you know, like, of course, you know, I, I remember being in Kona and like not really like caring about my race and yeah. obviously doing everything but really, really more wanting him to perform, him to have his yeah. big breakthrough. And he probably wanted the same for you. Exactly, yeah. And then that was a little hard at, at times because we were like, okay, the best thing for me to do for him is to focus on myself. And yeah. the best thing for him to do is to just focus yeah. on ourselves. And we, it took us a couple of years to figure that out when we were both racing. But, um, but yeah, we, I think it's just amazing and it really like that empathy like okay i get what he's feeling right now i've been there before and you know how what he needs probably mm -hmm. in that moment um just so beautiful and then you decide to bring beautiful little izzy into the world mm -hmm. you decided you just picked okay this is gonna be beautiful little Izzy. Yes. <laughs> tell me how that changed and and a little bit about training still being in triathlon but dealing with the nine months of mm -hmm. pregnancy yeah, I, I think right at that time, uh, the end of 16, I was so ready. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, I guess, 36, 35, um, and just so ready to start a family. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to have children with fit with um, Tim and um, didn't want to risk it and wait, you know, yeah. until later. And, I like, I don't know if I you know, we're able to have children, you know, there's yeah. a lot of people having trouble conceiving. And 
so forth. That wasn't our issue. Um, and <laughs> we just basically, yeah, we were preg- we were pregnant like two months after Kona um, with Izzy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we basically just were like, yes, let's start a family. Um, and then what was amazing about it was that, you know, we sat down and had a conversation after I think when, once I got halfway through my, maybe it was only eight weeks or so, but I think it's sometime in December we sat down and you're like, okay. And I'm like, I'm pregnant. And you're like, amazing. <laughs> and so then we're like, let's just enjoy the pregnancy. Enjoy the pregnancy. You know, yeah. like I didn't, I'm like, you know, both of us were like, you don't need to be on a program. Mm-hmm. Do what feels right. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was, you know, I was going to stay active, but I was not on a program for that whole year. And um, first of all, I think being pregnant is such a beautiful gift that, yeah. you know, not everyone, obviously, men yeah. never get to experience. But to be able to just listen to my body and and enjoy that time mm-hmm. um, was wonderful. But also mentally it was really nice break because for the better part of a decade, mm-hmm. we had been on this journey to win and be the best in the world yeah. and we'd achieved three world titles and – you know, we'd, we'd had everything we ever dreamed of everything. for the most part. Yeah. And it was just a nice step back. I was, I think I was ready for a step back anyway. And so it was just, you know, great. And it was, timing couldn't have been more perfect. I was pregnant in December. So I'm basically like, I'm taking a year off racing and then yes. next year we'll come back. So by the, Izzy was born in August. Um, I, you know, went to Kona to support Tim in his race and then, you know, Three months later, I slowly started back, which was when everybody was starting back from yeah. from there, um, you know, off season. So it was kind of like perfect. Yeah. Um, but I loved how you embraced the importance of what was happening, and you you made the decision that I'm going to enjoy being pregnant. This is my priority right now. Which meant that you weren't every single day thinking I should be doing this and look what they're doing and look how they're training. But you allowed, you didn't postpone joy. No. You, and I love that. And if anything, that meant that you spent so, like, no no energy Mm -hmm. worrying about what you weren't doing. Mm -hmm. Put it all into having this gorgeous little girl Mm -hmm. and spending those amazing moments with her after she's born and beyond that. But the power in that, you can have it all. You can have it all. You just have to make the decision and prioritize the things that matter most mm-hmm. at any given time. Mm-hmm. And don't worry about what's missing. Just focus on what you have. Yeah, absolutely. Such an inspiration. I know so many people have modeled what you've done. And I have people that come up to me often and say, I'm so grateful that Rini shared her story on mm-hmm. her pregnancy because it allowed me to just enjoy it mm-hmm. and not stress so yeah such I'm a so, gift. so glad and uh, vice versa I've seen a lot of people do it the other way a lot of professional mm-hmm. athletes you know training like really hard through their yeah. pregnancies I was like not scared but just more like I I'd rather just put energy into like I'm yeah. creating a human like yeah. it, there's yeah. nothing more important than that like nothing and uh, for me, I just wanted to, you know, put all my energy into that. And and I think it also helped that I had achieved pretty much everything I ever wanted to mm-hmm. in the sport. So yeah. 
everything post children for me was a cherry on top. Yeah. And is a cherry on top. Yeah. Um, in terms of my athletic career. And so, yeah, I mean, that enabled me to just enjoy it. And that's kind of how you roll in life. Yeah. You look at what's most important. You throw yourself into it 1 million percent. And that is why mm -hmm. you are the champion that you are. It's brilliant and it's beautiful, but it's hard. It takes courage. It takes belief. Mm -hmm. It takes a great team around you. Yes. Um, now I could keep you here for days and days. <laughs> I want to ask you if there were, and I know, and, and Finn, we've got to talk about a little, yeah. I mean, Finn, adorable. I mean, cutest little boy I've ever seen in my life mm -hmm. and like the best name you could ever <laughs> choose. What's different about, are you okay? Five more minutes. Yes. Yeah. What's different about having a little boy? Uh, what's the difference between having a girl and a boy? Yeah. Like, well, well I, like or second to, pregnancy, first pregnancy. I think second pregnancy, I was more confident in what I was doing. So I, I trained a little more for the fir yeah. first half. Like I just kept my fitness up because I knew I wanted to race. Basically, I thought, well, my plan was to race 2020 mm -hmm. Kona and then probably be have a baby and pretty much be yeah. done with the sport. And then obviously the pandemic happened. We're like, well, let's try and have a baby earlier. But I, in that moment didn't feel that I was done with my triathlon yeah. journey. So I wanted to keep my fitness so that it wouldn't be as long to come back afterwards. Um, turns out it was kind of about as long <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I should, I mean, not, not that I was training hard or anything. I was just like turning yeah. up to the group right. runs and, you know, running at the back and turning yeah. up to the swim sessions. I had a little bit more structure through the first, but again, I was listening to my body and certainly, yeah. you know, no many athletes who did more and you could do more if you wanted to do more. But for me, you know, you still take, I mean, I was 40 pounds heavier. Like you can't go and run like you normally run. Your mechanics yeah, right. are different. Um, you can hurt yourself actually if you do too much. And not only that, you know, the end of the, end of the pregnancy I'm like want you want to rest up because you've got you got to have a little baby soon and you want to have the energy for yeah. that little baby so um yeah he little man came into the world at the beginning of January and I you know took you know the six eight weeks off I actually bounced back much quicker than Izzy yeah. like my body did wow. yeah um and I think just because you know going through the first one your body's like what yeah well right. the second time it's like we've done this before um and so, like, you know, 10 days after having him, I felt fine. Yeah. But I still took the time because more than anything, I wanted just to be with my baby. Yeah. And actually, three, four months after he was born, I still I had no desire to come back mm -hmm. to racing because I was like, I just love being in this moment and I don't want to miss a second and I just don't have any desire to come back. And then after a little longer, I started to be like, well, I'd like to be fit. You know, yeah. I'd like to get my body yeah. back. And my first um, motivation was to get back in shape yeah. and get fit again. And then I'm like, well, I'm fit. I may as well have a goal. And then sort of started putting triathlon races on the schedule. And, yeah, um, yeah that's kind of how that second comeback um, is still evolving. But, um, yeah, that's how it's amazing. So and has it changed how you look at um, – your training, your racing, like, do you feel even more energized when you're training because you've been filling up with the love for your kids? Like how, how does that translate? No, for me, I now with Izzy at, you know, almost five, 
and Finn super little and like at the like the cutest but the hardest age. Yeah. Just crazy man yeah. climbing on everything and we got a climber. Um I have found it harder to be motivated to mm. train because I I mean I I love, love training. I love getting out there yeah. and, and I mentally it's really good for me to go out and train. Yeah. And I love the feeling of being fit and but I found that I just you know they pull me back like I want to be with them and I want to have energy for them at the end of the day and I want to be there for Izzy when you know basically I am there for Izzy so I basically made the decision that I'm training 20 hours a week and more than that will impact on my ability to be the mum that I want to be it's not to say you can't be a great mum and work more and do more but for me and what I want um 20 hours a week is all I'm willing to train and then you know I take Izzy to soccer Wednesday afternoons and games Friday afternoons and you know I'm there with Finn you know energy to play with him in the backyard and so that's kind of been a little bit of a shift that I don't know if I anticipated with two of them but living your best life Uh, doing everything you love everything I love yeah and that's living authentically living true to what matters most to you. And this is one of the things I love so much about you is how authentic you are, mm-hmm. how real. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want in your future? Like more than anything, what do you uh, want? I just want to just like to have the financial freedom to do great things or have make create great memories with my family. That's mm-hmm. what I want. I love it. Yeah. I so, love it. So whatever I need to do, and, and maybe that will shift as I move into the next phase of life and maybe there'll be something that really fills up my cup outside of triathlon. Right now, the thing that fills up my cup the most is my family and my children. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, um, we'll we'll sort of see. And, again, as I mentioned, like I don't jump on anything until it really yeah. starts to talk to me. And I, so far I'm still figuring that part out. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And if there's one piece of advice, if, if somebody came to you and said, I have been told that I have an opportunity to get one piece of advice that's going to change my entire life and I'm coming to you, oh, what would it be? <laughs> you like pressure. <laughs> no, I think oh, we've talked about it again. And I, I think that for me, it's your gut feeling. Like really think about what you want and take some quiet time I don't meditate or anything but I guess I do in that you know I'll go for a run and or I'll go for a walk and really think about what you want yeah and visualize and when you know it visualize it think about it and dream it and and breathe it and smell it you know like that is I think the way to um you know your greatest wildest dreams I'm riddled in goosebumps She just does that to me. (laughs) Vincent, I want to thank you. Um, Some of the greatest moments in my life have been shared with you. And you mean the world to me. Um, You're just, you just mean so much to me. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being here. I think we need like 10 more hours to really be able to share. Um, How can people 
if they don't already, which I don't know what you've been doing, but if they don't follow you already, how can they follow you? So uh, I'm on Instagram, just my name at Marinda Carfrey. And then also we have a YouTube channel, the Tim and Rini Show. Um, you can look us up there. Um, yeah, see what we're up to. Amazing. Follow the inspiration. Um, I know through the rest of your triathlon career, through everything else you do, I'm going to sit back and be like, I am so proud of that extraordinary woman. So thank you, Marinda, Rini, Vincent. <laughs> thank you to all of you for hanging out. I know this, I did not post that I was going to go live with my Bedhead Chronicles. So um, if you're just seeing this and you could have been live, I apologize for that, but we just, you know, decided we were going to so do it this way. So thank you, everybody. Have an amazing day. And Vincent, best wishes. Best wishes. Keep shining your light Always. on the world. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening and sharing this precious time with me. Please remember to subscribe and to leave me a review. You can find me on Instagram at Siri Lindley, Facebook Siri Lindley, and Twitter at Seltz, S-E-L-T-S. You can also reach me via email at info at Have an amazing day and shine on.